We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, well, we're there in Hebrews chapter number 10. And, of course, on Sunday mornings, if you've been with us the last uh, eight or nine weeks, we've been going through a sermon series called Helping People Reach Their Full Potential. We're coming towards the end of this uh, sermon series, and as we go into the summer, we'll begin something new on Sunday mornings. And uh, really, this, this was probably what I'm preaching this morning. is probably meant to be the last sermon in this series, but uh, Father's Day is to, next week. And on Father's Day, of course, I'll be preaching uh, on the subject of how to reach your full potential as a father. Uh, but this is kind of meant to be, if, if the calendar would have worked out differently, this would have been uh, the last sermon. And, but the way it's worked out, the Father's Day one will probably be the last sermon. But let me just, just say uh, this, that uh, with this sermon series, I've been very, preaching some very specific sermons, and I keep telling you this every week. Uh, I, I began with some general sermons on untapped potential and how to reach your own full potential, and then we started dealing with some very specific uh, sermons on how to help your wife reach her potential, how to help your husband reach his potential, how to help your children reach their potential. On Mother's Day, I preached about how to reach your full potential as a mother. We talked about how to reach your full potential as a teen. Last week, I preached on how to reach your full potential as a senior saint. Uh, this morning, I'm going to kind of draw back to more of a general stance and a general sermon, maybe not as specific and something that uh, should apply to everyone here. And this morning, I want to uh, preach on the subject of how to reach your full potential as a church member, how to reach your full potential as a church member. And uh, if you're here this morning, then obviously, hopefully you are a member of this church or you're uh, moving in the direction of becoming a member of this church, or maybe you're visiting from out of town and hopefully you're a member of a good uh, Baptist biblical church somewhere. Uh, but what I've noticed and what my wife and I have learned over the last 12 years of ministry is that some people get more out of their local church than others. Uh, some people get more potential out of their church uh, than others do. And what I'd like to do this morning is give you seven thoughts regarding how to reach your full potential as a church member. And let me just begin by saying this, and usually I, we jump right into the Word of God, and we're going to get into the Word of God uh, th this morning. But let me, let me begin by just kind of telling you uh, a story. And I, I've told this story before, and I, I, I call it the tale of two families. And it's, it's, not, a, it's not a specific story. When I tell this story, I, I'm not talking about any one family specifically. Uh, I'm kind of just using this as an allegory of many experiences we've had, um, like I said, over the last 12 years of ministry. One thing I've learned in, in ministry is that church growth often seems to happen in clusters. It seems to be that uh, whenever we have uh, a growth and whenever uh, one family joins, it's, it's usually not one family that joins, it's usually two or three families that kind of join the church all around the same time. What's interesting to me, and, and, and I won't go into the details, but you can ask my wife, and it's, it's very interesting, is that it often seems that similar people join um, at the same time. And, and you know, we'll, we'll have two or three families that seem very similar uh, kind of join at the same time. Or we'll have uh, uh, several single guys kind of all join at the same time. Or we'll have several couples kind of all join at the same time. It just seems to work out that way. And 
And I've always found it interesting. I don't know if God does that just to confuse us because sometimes it's like, you know, are you talking about this family? No, I'm talking about that family. It's like, oh, they're so similar. You know, when you're new to someone, you don't uh, know all the details and their life stories. Of course, as you get to know them, they become more of an individual in your mind. But oftentimes, it seems like church growth happens in clusters. And what we've learned and what I've seen is that we'll have clusters of people that will kind of join at the same time. And again, this happens over, I can take you back to, I remember being in, in the house and uh, uh, when we started this church 12 years ago in our living room, and, and I, could, I could tell you clusters of people that have joined at, at different times, and they kind of all came together. And it's kind of almost like a class, you know, it's like a, well, we should have a class portrait of people that joined uh, the church at, at different times. But one thing we've noticed is that sometimes we watch clusters join the church, and maybe... Uh, and like I said, I, I'm not talking specifically about anybody, but two families that are maybe very similar kind of join the church or two uh, sets of couples that are kind of similar join the church or, or two sets of singles that are kind of uh, similar join the church. And then what we'll see is that one of that set will become just a very thriving, involved faithful member of Verity Baptist Church. And we'll see another of that set just kind of dwindle off. And, and, and die off and, and not really ever reach the full potential that God intended uh, for them. And what we've seen is that the people who end up sticking around, being faithful, being productive, uh, happy members of not just this church, but any local New Testament church, they all seem to follow uh, the same guidelines. They all seem to kind of go in the same direction and, 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 and I've, I've kind of dwindled those down into seven principles, and, and I want to give those to you because, number one, I want to make sure that you make sure that you are following these so that you don't die out. And, and for some of you, maybe it'll be a little bit of a wake-up call to realize that maybe this is why you're dying out, and that maybe this is why your spiritual life is not as full as others seems to be. It's usually because others are taking different actions than the ones that we are taking. So seven statements to help you reach your full potential as a church member. Uh, that's all I'll say by introduction. I'll give you these seven statements as quickly as possible this morning. If you're taking notes, and I do encourage you to take notes, on the back of your course of the week, there's a place for you to write down some notes, and I'll give you these statements. Number one, to reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up to all the church services. You should show up to all the church services. Of course, that's where we've got to begin. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24, the Bible says this, and let us consider one another. And let me say something, and something that you may not realize, or maybe you do realize it, but you, you haven't thought about it, that life is more than just about yourself. And the, 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 the Christian life for sure, and I will say any life, was never meant to be lived alone. We were created to live within a community of people that believe the way we do, that are heading in the same direction we're heading, that can uh, consider one another and encourage one another. And this is what the writer of Hebrews is saying. He says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And I'll just say this, it is not healthy to live an isolated life. 
not healthy to live an isolated life. And, 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 and let me just go ahead and say this, and I'm going to talk about it later on in the sermon. Some of you may found yourself through the instances of life maybe isolated as a result of, of age or health or just the way that things have worked out. But I will say this, that God has instituted a place called the local New Testament church so that no one ever has to live their life alone. And you can always be around other people that love you and care about you. So the writer of Hebrews says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And then he says this in verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And the assembling of ourselves together there is a reference to the congregation, to church. The word church means assembly, congregation. It, it, the, the idea of a church is the idea that believers come together as a congregation uh, to form a community of local believers. And here, the writer of Hebrews is telling us, don't be the person who forsakes the assembling of ourselves together. He says, don't be the person who quits on church. Don't be the person who forsakes the assembling. Now, there's a couple of ways that you can interpret this, and I believe both ways are correct. One is, the, the way to look at it is, don't be the person who just quits church altogether, who just says, I'm done with church, I'm done with the Christian life, and you just go off into the world. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. And that's definitely the case. And that's what we're talking about when I tell you the tale of the two families. We don't want you to be the one who dwindles off, who dies off, and forsakes the things of God altogether. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. But I think there's another way to look at this verse, and I believe both ways are meant to be seen through this passage, and it is this. How does somebody get there? How does somebody who's a Bible-believing Christian who goes to church, get, how do they get to the place where they quit on church? Now, yes, sometimes it happens overnight. It's rare, uh, but, but it does happen. And let me just say this. When it happens that way, it didn't really happen overnight. Something was going on in the heart of that individual that brought them to the place where they just said, I quit, I'm done, I'm, I'm forsaking the assembly. The truth is this, that usually the way that it happens and what's so difficult about ministry, especially trying to pastor a growing church, is that it usually happens slowly. People don't just go from Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and, and, and being faithful to church, and then they just quit church. That's rare. Now, that does happen from time to time, and again, usually there's something wrong, and there's been something wrong in their heart. Usually, how it happens is they just kind of slowly begin to miss here, miss there, not as consistent. They come one week, don't come another week, come two or three weeks, don't come one or two weeks, and it just kind of slowly, it, it's less obvious, and it's harder to identify, and they just kind of slowly uh, die off. This is how it happens. So, the Bible says that we are to be the people that are not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Notice these words, as the manner of some is. That phrase, manner of some, the word manner means the habit or custom. And here's what he's saying. Some people have a custom and some people have a habit of just skipping out on church. And if you allow yourself to be the person who just has this habit of just constantly missing church, eventually you will quit church altogether. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And let me just say this. 
I believe that as a Christian and as a believer, we should have the stated goal of saying, I will be, let me just say the way I was told this when I was a kid growing up. My parents uh, are members here at our church and I grew up in a Christian home. And the way, that, the way that it was just understood in our home was this, if the church doors are open, we're going to be there. If there's something going on in church, we're going to be there. We're not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Now, I realize that sometimes you will miss church because you're sick or your kids are sick. And all I, I get that. But the point that I'm making is this. That should be the exception, not the rule. And the truth is this, that if you have it in your mind to say, you know what, every Sunday I'm going to be in church, it's just going to be my habit, it's just going to be my custom, it's just going to be what I do, then every once in a while when you're sick and, and you miss, okay, it's rare. But here's what happens, when people don't get that determined in their heart, like the Bible says about Daniel, that he purposed in his heart. When you don't purpose in your heart to say, I'm going to be faithful to church, then what happens is every little excuse to not go to church will keep you from church. And if you're looking for a reason to not go to church, let me tell you something. The devil's going to give you a good reason every week. So you've got to decide and you've got to make the choice to say, I'm going to become a faithful church member. I'm going to be someone who is in the habit, who has the practice, who has the manner of being faithful to church. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Now here at Verity Baptist Church, we have three church services. And sometimes this is odd to people because of the way that our world is. And I think sometimes we take it for granted and we have to explain to people. You know, a lot of churches today, a lot of liberal churches, what they, they'll, they'll have two services on Sunday, but it's the same service. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you come on Sunday morning and then you come on Sunday night and Sunday night is just a repeat of Sunday morning. Well, let me help you understand something. That is not the case at Verity Baptist Church. We have three separate church services that are in our three separate services, three separate sermons, different songs that are sung, different sermon that's preached. It's just one more opportunity. You hear me say this every week. One more opportunity being God's house with God's people under the preaching of the word of God. When I was growing up, there was a preacher named Lee Roberson. He's dead now, but he kind of coined this phrase. Uh, and, and because independent formal Baptist churches, by and large, used to have three services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And he coined this, this phrase, uh, three to thrive. Three to thrive. I like that phrase. Three to thrive. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Hey, we need each other. We need to be under the preaching of the word of God. Now, let me just say this. Some people might think, well, you know, three services a week. Isn't that a little much? Well, notice again there, Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Notice his words. And so much the more. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Let me tell you something. As we get closer to the end, the world is waxing worse and worse. And in America today, we don't need less church. We need more church. We don't need less preaching of the word of God. We need more preaching of the word of God. If you say, what's your attitude towards church attendance? My attitude is this. So much the more. If there's a Sunday morning service, look, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm the pastor, obviously, so some of you don't believe this, but before I was a pastor, my wife and I went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Amen. And if there was a special service on a Thursday night, we were there. And if there was a special event on a Friday, we were there. And if there was any, and we just had this attitude of the, 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 that God is the center of my life, and God is the most important thing in, in, in the universe, so his house will be a priority. God's house and God's word and God's people should be a priority to the people of God. 
to reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up to the church service. Go to Acts, if you would, Acts chapter 20. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. Three to thrive, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And look, just think about it logically. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, ah, I only come on Sunday mornings. And look, I'm not attacking you. I, I, I hope you understand that. I, I love you. But let me just say this. If you come to this church on Sunday mornings, and maybe you, you don't even come every Sunday morning. You come every, uh, every few weeks. But when you come, it's helpful. When you come, you learn. When you come, you're challenged. When you come, you, you leave here thinking, wow, I didn't know the Bible said that. Wow, I learned something. I, there was something applicable there that I can apply to my life. That's going to help me in my marriage, or that's going to help me with my children, or that's going to help me in my personal life. And here's all I'm saying is if you show up here on a Sunday morning it, once a week and it's helpful to you, imagine if you showed up twice. Amen. Imagine if you showed up three times. Let me let you know a little secret. Every time we, every time we have a service around here, the Word of God is open. The word of God is preached and it is applied in such a way to help you. Acts chapter 20 and verse 18. Acts 20, 18, the Bible says, and when they were come to him, Acts 20 and verse 18, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Acts 20, 18, and when they were come to him, he said unto them, ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Why don't you notice the Apostle Paul? You say, what made the Apostle Paul such a great man? Well, there's lots of things that made him a great man. But one thing he tells us here that you know what manner. You see the word manner there? It's the same idea we saw in Hebrews. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. He says, you know what kind of custom I had. You know what kind of habit I had. He said, you know what manner I have been with you at all seasons. You say, would that include football season? That would include football season. What manner I've been with you at all seasons. Go to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. And look, if you're here this morning and you say, well, I, I don't know about this three to thrive thing. Here's what I would say. Why don't you step it up? Why don't you step it up by taking one step where you are? Amen. Acts 11 and verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. Acts 11 verse 26. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church. I want you to notice this. A whole year, they assembled themselves with the church. What, why would you do that? Notice, and taught much people. That's why we have church, to teach you the word of God. I've said it before. There are two things we do here at Verity Baptist Church. You can put what we do under two headings or two umbrellas. One is we reach people, and one is we teach people. We reach people with the gospel, and then we teach them to observe all that the word of God says to do. They assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. Notice, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. This is a very interesting verse because here the Bible tells us, where the source of a well-known phrase is. We often are referred to as Christians today. But that phrase appeared first, the Bible says, in Acts 11:26, in Antioch. It was in, before this, they were just called believers, or they were called brethren, or they were just called those weirdos. But what happened was that these people got together, they started a church, a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And here's what happened. There was such a transformation in their lives. Their lives began to change in such a way that the community around them began to look at them and say, those people remind me of that Jesus Christ. And they began to call them Christians. 
or Christ, little Christ, little followers of Christ. It was probably an insult, a derogatory term, but that's where the term came. Where did the term come from? It did not come from people getting saved. It came from people who got saved and got faithful to church, got plugged in in church, got taught the word of God, applied it to their lives. It transformed their lives, and people said, that's a Christian. I'm just here to tell you that if you got plugged into church, it would change your life if you got plugged in. Now, that's not the only step. I've got seven steps. So that's just step one. But you got to start there. Three to thrive, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You say, okay, well, Pastor, you know, I, I don't know. That seems a lot. Remember, step it up by taking one step. Step it up by taking one step where you're at. Maybe you are at the place where you say, I'm not even faithful just Sunday mornings. I just kind of, I'm just kind of the guy that goes to church every few weeks or so. Okay, well, then why don't you just make the decision today, hey, how about I'll just be Sunday morning every Sunday morning? I'll just be faithful every Sunday morning. And you say, well, what if I'm sick? Well, if you're sick, stay home. But, but why don't you just be faithful every Sunday morning? By the way, let me just say this. So I'm going to go ahead and start, go from preaching to, 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 to offending. But it's always funny to me how people, you know, they, they can't come to church. And, and look, obviously, if you're sick and, and you're contagious, you're, if your kids are throwing up, you need, they need to stay home. Look, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. But what I am talking about is some of you are sick a lot. And, and I'm starting to think that you're not really sick. It's just what you always say. <laughs> and, and, and here's all I'm saying is you say, well, Pastor, here's all I'm saying. If you go to work on Monday feeling that way, do you understand what I just said? Because if you were going to a baseball game and you had that little headache, you, you wouldn't skip it. If you had that little little bug, but it was right before your camping trip you've been looking forward to, you wouldn't skip it. I told you I'm, I'm meddling now. I, I, I'm just saying there's a little bit of character there when, when, when you say, well, you know, it, 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 here's what I ask myself. If I wasn't feeling well, I'd ask myself, well, if it was right before uh, something that I was looking forward to, something that I planned, my little camping trip, my little hiking trip, my little whatever, uh, would I cancel it? No. Would I cancel it for work? No. Now, if you would cancel it, if you would not go into work, then please don't come to church. But sometimes it's good for us to kind of check ourselves and ask ourselves, are we looking for a reason? Because here's all I'm telling you. If you're looking for a reason to skip out on church, the devil will give you one every time. Here's all I'm saying. If I woke up on Sunday morning and my my, my tire was flat, I wouldn't let that stop me from going to church. Maybe I'd show up late, but I'd show up to church. You say, why? Here's why. Because if the devil knows that all it takes is a flat tire to keep me from church, he might get me a flat tire every week. If the devil knew that all it took was a little, look, and look, I, again, it, you start talking about sickness and people get all upset. I'm just saying that some, maybe you need to ask yourself, would this keep me from work? Would this keep me from my vacation? Would this keep me from X, Y, and Z? Because all I'm saying is sometimes people, people are like, it's always like, oh, I don't feel well. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't feel well every day. I, you, I, I, to feel well, feel well, here's the one, I, I feel well if I slept all day long and, and, and had my wife, you know, feed me grapes or something, that, that would make me feel well, I'm not sure what I don't feel well mean, getting up never feels good, <laughs> so maybe some of you just need to be taught this, you know, opening your eyes and, and becoming vertical doesn't feel good all the time, <laughs> but we just do it because it's the right thing to do. So three to thrive. Maybe you say, I'm a Sunday morning only. Well, add an evening service. 
You say, I go to two evening services. Go to three. What I'm saying is, why don't you step it up? Wherever you're at, step it up. And decide that you're going to be faithful. Reach your full potential as a church member. You should show up to all the church services. Number two, go to Acts 17. Acts 17. Not only should you go to all the church services, three to thrive. And again, if you're not there, I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, step it up a little bit. And by the way, look, if you're looking for a church service to go to, Sunday night. Go to Sunday night church. I don't know why we have this weird thing at our church right now where Sunday morning, on Sunday mornings, we're running like 2.20. I think we've got like 2.10 or 2.15 here this morning. And then on Sunday, on Wednesday nights, we'll have like 180. You know, like 180 show up on Wednesday night, which is a great Wednesday night crowd. But then for some weird reason, like Sunday night's like 150 or something lately. 150, 160. To me, I don't really, if you come on Wednesday night, why don't you just come on Sunday night too, you know? Uh, but anyway, I, I, don't, I don't know what that is. But if you say, I'm looking for a, a service. We, we need help on Sunday night. So show up on Sunday night. That'll, that'll be good. So what, what if I show up on Sunday nights, then what? Then, then we'll ask you to come on Wednesday night. <laughs> to reach your full potential, you should show up to all the church services. You should be faithful to church. Number two, to reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up ready to receive the preaching. Ready to receive the preaching. I keep forgetting things. Let me just, say, let me just go back, retract real quick. Go back to, 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 uh, to, to the previous point. Let me say this. I think you ought to go to church when you're on vacation. And, and I just, look, I, I just believe, and sometimes, you, you know, you find yourself on vacation somewhere, and there's literally no church to go to or whatever. I, I get that. And, and, and live stream, that's why the live streams are there. But I just, look, if, if I was on vacation, and I don't ever go on my vacations are church stuff, you know. I, I go on vacation because I'm preaching somewhere. But if I was on vacation on a Sunday, I would stop and find a good church to go to. Because I, I don't want my kids to get this idea that we take vacations from God. Now, I'm not saying don't go on vacation, because some of you are going to, a pastor said we can't go on vacation because we can't miss church. That's not what I said. <laughs> I said when you go on vacation, those of you that take those fancy 14-day vacations, find a good church to go to and go there. Amen. Say, Pastor, that doesn't make you nervous? That never makes me nervous. Amen. Look, I, and, and you take this however you want, and maybe this is pride on my part, but I, I, usually what happens when, pe- when, that, when people go on vacation, they go to church somewhere else, usually what happens is they come back and they're like, Pastor, we are so thankful to be part of this church. <laughs> we went to this church and it was horrible. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I want you to go there, so you'll appreciate us. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This is the greatest church in America, in my opinion. Amen. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the pastor. In fact, the, the, the worst thing about this church is, is, is the staff and then the pastor. <laughs> but, but all of you are, are amazing. Amen. So to reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up to all the church services. Number two... To reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up ready to receive the preaching. Acts 17, verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word. I want you to notice these words. They received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. You need to come to church ready to receive the preaching. Don't come here. You say, well, I'm here. Okay, but the whole time you're here, your, your mind is somewhere else. Or you're, you're, you're thinking about something else, or you're distracted with something else. Look, when you come to church, you ought to come ready to receive the word with all readiness of mind. By the way, part of that is participating in the singing service. Amen. The Bible says that singing is a spiritual act. 
Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs is an act of engaging with the Holy Spirit. That's why we sing before we open up the preaching. Why? So that we can prepare our hearts to receive the preaching. So when you show up to church, hey, why don't you participate and sing? And when it's time for the preaching of God's word, why don't you be attentive? Why don't you actually open your Bible and, and, and turn to the passages and, and take notes like we're constantly telling you and, and, and engage and listen and be ready to receive the word of God. It's not enough to just come here and sit here. You got to come here and be ready to learn, ready to ta- be taught, ready to receive. Be careful about being the person who's just constantly trying to find something wrong with the preaching. I often say this, you know, if you're looking to find something wrong with the preaching, it's not going to take you very long. You can't, you can't preach for an hour three times a week for a decade of your life. It doesn't take a genius to find something wrong you're going to say. And by the way, if you did it, I could find something wrong with what you said too. So look, just why don't you just come ready to receive the word? And, and by, by the way, let me just say this. If you ever find yourself, maybe you have to move for work or some, and, and you find yourself in, in a church that's not like Verity Baptist Church, I mean, I think you should find a good Baptist church, and there's some things that should be non-negotiable, like salvation and the King James Bible and soul winning, salvation, scripture, soul winning. But if you find yourself in a church where maybe they have different doctrines that are not, don't just sit there and have a bad attitude the whole time. Just try to figure out everything the pastor's saying wrong. Hey, look, there, there's something he's saying right. Why don't you latch on to that? Why don't you bring that into your heart and ask yourself, how can I apply that in my life? To reach your full potential as a church member, you should not only show up to church, but you should show up ready to receive the preaching of the Word. So don't just sit there messing around, uh, joking around, uh, talking in the parking lot during the preaching of God. So why are you even here? Get in the congregation, sit down, and be ready to receive the Word of God. Number three, go to Acts chapter 2 if you would. Acts chapter 2, you're there in Acts 17, go to Acts chapter 2. To reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up to all the church services. To reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up ready to receive the preaching. Number three, to reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up to the special events and activities. Now again, let me say this, I'm not preaching a sermon called How to Be a Church Member. You, don't, you can be a church member and, ju- and not do any of these things. I mean, you got to come to church at some point, you know. But this is how to reach your full potential. How to reach your full potential as a church member. People who reach their full potential as a church member show up to special events and activities. Acts chapter 2, look at verse 42. And they, this is Acts 2, is after the day of Pentecost when many people have been saved. Thousands of people have been saved. But notice what the Bible says. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, now, that's usually what we emphasize, the doctrine. And we're all about doctrine. I think you should find a church that's doctrinally sound or a church that, that teaches the right doctrines and is right on salvation, is right on the King James Bible, right on soul winning, like we've been talking about. And they, say, and, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. But notice, that's not the only key. The apostles' doctrine and fellowship. You know, you can find a church that's right on doctrine, but if they don't have good fellowship, it'll hinder your growth. You can find other churches that are real good on fellowship, but they don't have good doctrine. That'll hinder your growth, too. You need both. Good doctrine, the apostles' doctrine, solid doctrine, and fellowship. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, 
and in breaking of bread and in prayer. Go to Galatians real quickly, Galatians chapter 2. You're there in Acts. If you go past Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Galatians chapter 2, Acts, Romans, 1, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Galatians chapter number 2, look at verse 9, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 9, the Bible says that when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas, I just want you to notice this little phrase, I like this little phrase, the right hands of fellowship. That should be the Christian life. Apostle Paul here is talking about the fact that he didn't even know these people that well, James, Cephas, and John. But when they showed up there, he got the right hand of fellowship. That's what I love about Christianity. What I love about Christianity is that I can get on a plane right now and travel to probably any country in this world and find a congregation of believers and people that are saved. And though they don't know me and I don't know them, as long as we both know Christ, we can give each other the right hand of fellowship. Amen. We have people that come to our church every week from different cities and different parts of the country and different parts of the world visiting, and we can fellowship together because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about it on Wednesday night. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither male nor female. Hey, we can all unite under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. So fellowship is an important thing. Friendship is an important thing. Friendship and fellowship is used in discipleship. You cannot be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ on your own. You cannot lead yourself by yourself. You must be part of a community of believers that helps you to grow in that direction. Now, let me just let you in on some, uh, on some things. Because over the years, and again, my wife and I have been doing this for 12 years. We, we, have, we don't have all the experience like other pastors, but we're not new at this either. And one thing that people sometimes complain about when they quit a church like ours it, they'll say something like, well, I didn't have any friends. And, 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 and people sometimes have even made the request, like, for me to assign them a friend. Okay? And, and here's the problem with that. Like, I can't do that. Okay? I mean, and I don't mean this in any sort of disrespectful way. Even God can't do that. Now, if God was a Calvinist, he could, but God's not a Calvinist. That's a sermon for another day. We cannot create friendships. By the way, we cannot create friendships overnight. When you find yourself one day, Lord willing, this isn't the case, but if you ever find yourself one day on a deathbed or in a retirement home and and upset that no one is visiting you, we can't produce these connections and relationships, that, that requires years. Now, look, if, if you're lonely, we'll do our best. But what, what I'm saying is this. We cannot create friendships. I cannot create... Look, I want every person at Verity Baptist Church to have a friend or two or 20 or 200. I want you to have friends. My goal is for you to have friends. But we cannot create friendships. Here's all that we can do. All that we can do is facilitate fellowship. We cannot create friendships, but we can facilitate fellowship. What does that mean? We can create opportunities for you to be able to mingle with others and and fellowship with others and develop those friendships that naturally happen over time. And let me tell you something. I don't know of a church that gives you more opportunities to fellowship and to go partying with Baptist people more than this church. 
I mean, we, I mean, we have married couples, sweetheart banquet, we have I Love My Church Sunday, we have soul winning marathons and soul winning blitzes, we have the Next Generation Youth Rally, the Red Hot Preaching Conference, Church Fourth of July Church Picnic, Ladies Tea and Homeschool Seminars, Homeschool Field Trip, Homeschool PE Class, Sporting Events for the Men and Hikes and Men's Preaching Nights and Family Friend Day, Harvest Party and Appreciation Dinners and Pie Socials and Christmas Eve Services and New Year's Eve Services and random any opportunity just to order pizza on a Sunday night. I mean, we, we got more stuff going around. Around, uh, uh, around here and then people come to me like oh I think I'm going to quit the church because I don't have any friends and I'm like well, why don't you show up to something we can't make people be your friend but what we can do is facilitate friendships we can give you opportunities to try to help you develop friendships which is what you need but you got to do your part you got to show up you gotta put a smile on your face. You gotta talk to someone. Remember the tale of two families? Years ago, there was a family that showed up, two families that showed up on the same week. This literally happened. And over the next several weeks, we saw one family begin to connect and thrive and become faithful, develop friendships. They began soul winning and they began serving and and they just, be, they just became, and they're still here, praise God for it. They're part of our church family, faithful church members here, a part of the Verity Baptist Church family. We saw this other family struggle. And the difference was, one family was like, hey, I'm just going to go to all the services. They came early. They stayed a little late. They were friendly. They were easy to get along with. Other family was hit and miss. When they did come, they'd come in after the service already started. They'd leave during the final song, so they didn't have to talk to anybody afterwards. They wouldn't come to any of the evening services because they had to have their kids in bed by 6.30 or some crazy thing. I'm like, 6.30? Like, the sun is still out for like three hours in the summer. I think that might be borderline child abuse. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, just this, these crazy things, and we were kind of concerned, and we were trying to reach out to them and call them. Around. But look, there's only so much we can do. And I remember, like, my wife and I finally convinced them to come to the 4th of July picnic. And my wife and I were really excited because we're like, this is, this is going to be good for them. This is going to be it. They're going to come, and they're going to have a good time. They're going to get to know some people, and they're going to they're gonna eat and fellowship, and this is what we need. And they said, yeah, okay, we're going to come. We're going to come to the 4th of July picnic. And we were excited. And I literally, you can ask my wife this. I remember just sitting there. As we watched them pull up, we're like, there they are. Okay, good. Yeah, let's make sure that they connect with someone. We literally pulled up to the park, parked their car, doors open, family comes out of the car, get onto the sidewalk. Little kid, you know, goes to bed at 6.30 every night. I don't know, I'm not sure why. Little kid gets stung by a bee. I mean, we watched this, like, get stung by a bee, Mom starts freaking out, and we just watch them all huddle back in their car and leave. And I thought to myself, what in the world? I mean, like, that's, gotta be, that's like spiritual warfare, right? Like, that's got to be the devil. <laughs> Within weeks, they'd quit the church. They couldn't connect. <laughs> I, yeah, you can't connect if you don't even try. I'm not minimizing your kid getting stung with the bee. I, I'm, not, I'm not minimizing. I'm, I'm just saying... All we can do is facilitate fellowship. We, we, can, we can throw the, the picnics. We can order the pizza. 
We can have the activities. But if you never show up, and then you never connect, and then you live this lonely life, and you think, oh, I don't have any friends. To reach your full potential as a church member, you should consider showing up for, weekly, for, for special events and activities. Go to Philippians chapter 1, if you would. You're there in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Philippians chapter 1. Here's number four. To reach your full potential as a church member. I said number one, show up to all the church services. Number two, show up ready to receive the preaching. Number three, show up to the special events and activities. Number four, show up for a weekly soul winning time. Show up for a weekly soul winning time. You say, I don't know what soul winning is. Just show up anyway. Let me tell you something about Verity Baptist Church. This is a soul winning church. It's actually, it's, it, this church, let me, for you conspiracy theorists, let me just give you something to latch on to. This church is actually just a cover for a soul winning army we're creating. <laughs> this, you say, what is soul winning? Soul winning is when we go out in the community and we take the gospel on the offense. We go out in the community and we open our mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. We're not rude to people. We are not, uh, we confront people with the gospel. We're not confrontational. We go out and we knock on doors and we invite people to church and anyone who's interested, we preach the gospel to them. This, you say, what is this? You know, it's sad that you have to explain this to churches. This is actually the reason why a church was created. It's called the Great Commission. It's the whole point of why God left us and Jesus left us was to reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know that the actual purpose of a church was not to facilitate fellowship? Now, facilitating fellowship is part of what we do because it's part of discipleship. Remember, everything we do is under this canopy, reach and teach, reach and teach. The reason we have the 4th of July picnic, the reason we have the Married Couple Sweetheart Banquet, the reason we have the Pie Soul Show, the reason we have the Harvest Party, the reason we have this and that is because we know that you need friendship in order to be discipled. And again, going back to the last point, we can't make you be friends with anybody. We can facilitate friendship. We can facilitate fellowship. But soul winning is the goal. Soul winning is the purpose. It's the great commission. Reaching people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. Philippians 1 and verse 4. Notice what the Bible says. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. Verse 5. That your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I want you to notice how Paul, speaking to the Philippian church, he talked about their fellowship in the gospel. Look at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3. He says, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, those women which labored with me in the gospel. The Bible teaches and the Bible says that the gospel is the reason why we're here. The gospel is why uh, we have a church. The gospel is the purpose for us meeting together. To reach people with the gospel and then to disciple them so that they would grow in grace and that they would reach others with the gospel. Now one great thing about our soul winning here at Verity Baptist Church and one great thing about our church is that we are super organized. Everything's organized. 
So you say, I don't know what soul winning is. Great, just show up. We'll take care of it. Look, we will partner you with somebody. You can be a silent partner. You don't have to say a word. In fact, let me just say it this way. We prefer you not say anything. <laughs> if you're new, we will partner you with somebody who knows what you, they're doing, and you can just go and be their silent partner. You can fellowship with them and, and learn from them, and, and it's a beautiful thing. And every week you show up for a soul-winning meeting, we'll do our best to partner you with somebody else. You say, I don't know the whole showing up to a party and being friendly with people, that's difficult for me. Okay, then how about this? Show up for soul-winning, and we will partner you with somebody. Every week with a different person. That'll make you meet new people. And you know what you'll find is that you'll start getting along with some of these people. And, and, and you'll enjoy it. So soul-winning... Uh, is a great opportunity. Now, let me say this. Because sometimes, and look, however you do this, it's up to you. It doesn't really make a difference. But I, I will say this. The best thing would be if you're Sunday morning only to start going to Sunday night and Wednesday night. Once you're going to three, three to thrive, then that's a good time maybe to, uh, to, to, to do the soul winning. All right? Or, or do everything. All at the same, you know, obviously. The, or, or do anything you want. But I'm just saying, you, you can take it in these steps. But to reach your full potential as a church member, show up for a weekly soul winning time. You'll be glad you say, I don't know soul winning. Look, on, on, on Saturday morning, you show up here on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And you know what you'll find on our soul winning rally is a hundred of our church people gathered together to go soul winning on a Saturday morning. Amen. I think we had 20 on Thursday night and, and five or six or seven or something like that on, on, on Friday, obviously at 2 p.m. That's a more difficult time. We have a group of like 20 or 30 that goes out on Sunday at 2 p.m. Any of these so many times. But I will say this. It, it, the best time, especially if you're new, is to show up on Saturday. Because that's, that's when the biggest group is here and we can partner you with the most amount of people. And, and that's what I would encourage you to do. Pick a soul winning time. If you can't do Saturday because of work or whatever, we have other times. But I would encourage everyone to make Saturday morning their main soul winning time. It's the main soul winning time here at Verity Baptist Church. Go, go to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Number five, to reach your full potential as a church member, you should. Ephesians chapter 4. We're talking about reaching your full potential. We talked about show up to all the church services, be ready to receive the preaching, show up to special events, show up to weekly soul winning times. Here's number five, to reach your full potential as a church member, find an area to serve in. Find an area to serve in. In Ephesians 4 and verse 11, the Bible says this, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors. That's me. God gave me to you. <laughs> That's what it says. Some of you are like, where can we return it? This isn't Amazon, all right? You don't get to just send it back. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did he give you a pastor? What, what is the purpose of that? Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. The word perfect or perfecting means to bring to completion, to mature, to, to maturity. He gave you a pastor because my job is to try to make you complete, try to make you whole, try to get you to grow into maturity as a Christian. When you got saved, you were saved and you were born again. You're a babe in Christ. You're a baby. But God gave you a pastor to feed you the word of God, to teach you the word of God, to motivate you and to mobilize you, to bring you to a mature Christian. For the perfecting of the saints, notice the word, for the work of the ministry. 
Why does he say perfect the saints in work of ministry? Here's why. Because you cannot be a mature Christian unless you are in working in the ministry, volunteering. You have to serve somewhere for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now notice verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, unity within the church, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto a complete. That's not perfect, not like sinless there. The word perfect means complete. Unto a perfect, complete, mature man. Notice again, unto the measure of the stature, referring to being fully grown, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be, notice again, no more children. My job is to take you from a spiritual baby and try to make you a perfect and complete and a, 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 a full measure and stature of the Christian life. Literally, what I've been preaching about for the last eight weeks, my job is to try to help you reach your full potential. And part of that is through getting you to work, putting you to work, putting you to the work of the ministry. You say, I don't, I don't know, Pastor. It sounds like a lot. Well, let me let you know a little secret. The Bible says in Colossians that God is supposed to be our life. Amen. And Christ who is our life. The Bible says that we are to love the Lord thy God with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy might. He's, see, the problem with American Christianity is that we look at Christianity as something I do on Sunday mornings for an hour, and then the rest of my life is my life. That's my life, and the God part is just Sunday mornings, if that, for an hour on Sunday morning. But that is not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity says this, God is my life, Christ is my life. On Monday, and on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, and on Thursday, and on Friday, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, and twice on Sunday. Like the, the Christian life is a life where we say God is my all. When you realize that, then you say, well, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, that's not that much. If every day belongs to his, him. And for those of you who you say, oh, I'm struggling with this whole like Sunday night thing. Okay, how about you ask yourself this question. At, on Sunday night at 6 p.m., you got to ask yourself, just ask yourself this question. God, what would you like me to do? Does God want me to stay home on Sunday night at 6 p.m. and watch Netflix? Or would he prefer I be in church where his word is being preached, the book he wrote for me, Amen. and fellowship with God's people? I'm just saying, sometimes we've got to ask ourselves questions to put things into perspective. And if God is our life, then this doesn't seem like a lot. But let me just say this. You should find an area to work in. Often, you know, you're not soul winning, working, all these things. Uh, so, uh, a good illustration that I heard, I think it was a Brother Jose uh, who, who gave me this illustration. But it's, it's that, that the church is like a firehouse, like firefighters. You know, when, when you're in the firehouse and the alarm goes off, all the firefighters go out to fight a fire. But when, it, when, when, when it's not time to fight a fire... If you show up at the firehouse, you know what you find? You find them all doing different things. Some are washing the, the, the vehicles. Some are making lunch. Some are cleaning the equipment. Some are uh, working out, you know, whatever. You find them doing different things. But when it's time to fight a fire, they all get in the truck, they go fight a fire. Well, you know, Verity Baptist Church is a firehouse. When it's time to go fight the fire, literally the fire of hell, on Saturday morning, or on a Sunday afternoon, or on Thursday at 6, or whatever, then get in the, in, the, in the firehouse, the church van, 
and go fight the fire. Amen. Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garbage spotted by the flesh. Amen. But you know, but, but also you should show up to Verity Baptist Church and find people serving in different areas doing different things. Why? Because we're spiritual firefighters. And working and serving helps you to get connected. Now look, again, we've got, we've got areas for you to serve in. I mean, we've got a prison uh, mailer's ministry that meets every other Wednesday. I don't know what time, at 5 or 6? What time do they meet? 4.30. 4.30, good night. <laughs> really taking over their lives there. You know? <laughs> they meet at 4.30, and what do they do? We've got like 300 inmates that we send sermons to uh, uh, throughout the state of California and, and the rest of the U.S., and, 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 and what, a group of people gathers together and they assemble those things and get those things ready and get them all labeled and they fellowship in the process and they have a good time in the process? I mean, we have cleaning crews and we've got safety teams and we've got ushers and we've got orchestra. Look, you don't even have to play an instrument to play in our orchestra. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're good. When we first started, you could have made that argument. But uh, no, they're good now. you got to play an instrument. But hey, you know, choir? we got choir today at five. You say... My, I don't know how to sing. Look, let me tell you something. Let me let you know a little secret. Some of you is going to hurt your feelings. Half our choir is tone deaf. So you don't even have to sing well to be in our choir. Now, the good thing is that the other half sing really well. So, you know, we, we play with the mics and we try to, but, but let me just let you know a little secret. Just, just, you say, I don't sing well. You know, can I just show up and, and lip sync? We'd actually prefer it for some of you. But, but what I'm saying is, find a place to serve. Find a place to serve. This whole tone deaf thing, I don't really understand how that works, but apparently they don't know they're tone deaf, so don't let them. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. To reach your full potential as a church member, you should show up to all the church services. You show up ready to receive preaching. You should show up to special events and activities. You should show up for weekly soul winning times. You should find an area to serve in. Find somewhere to serve. Get connected somewhere. Look, in October, we have our Worker Appreciation Sunday where we acknowledge all of the workers and volunteers uh, uh, of our church. And at that time, we open up different opportunities for people to serve in different capacities. And all I'm saying is this. You should be looking uh, maybe for an area to get connected. And, and especially during that Worker Appreciation Weekend, be thinking about maybe I could serve somewhere. Maybe I could, uh, could, could, could do something. And if you're already serving somewhere, I'm not trying to get you to, to find 10 places to serve. But there are some people who don't serve at all. And you should find one place, some place, where you can get connected, get plugged in, and serve. Number six, to reach your full potential as a church member, you should get financially invested. Get financially invested. Now, I don't, we don't spend a lot of time on, on talking about finances here at Ready Baptist Church. In fact, if you come to our church, you'll notice that you can go weeks and weeks and weeks without me even talking about finances or preaching about finances. And I don't necessarily want to preach a lot on it uh, right now. But let me just say this. It's part of discipleship. Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So you, you should get yourself financially invested in the things of God because where your heart is, there where your treasure, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And we could, if you would allow us to, and I'm not asking you to, but we could, if we could take a look at your checkbook or if we could take a look at your bank statement or if we could take a look at your credit card statement, it would tell us where your heart is. Where you spend your money tells us where your heart is. 
For some of you, it's in stocks. For others of you, it's at Krispy Kreme. It's at different places and different people. But where you spend your money is what you love. So make sure the house of God is represented in that. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Go to Proverbs chapter 18, if you would. In the center, if you open up your Bible, just right in the center, you're more than likely to find the book of Psalms. Right after Psalms, you have the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Here's number seven. How to reach your full potential as a church member? You should show up to all the church services. You should show up ready to receive the preaching. You should show up to special events and activities. You should show up for weekly soul winning times. You should find an area to serve in. You should get financially invested. Number seven. To reach your full potential as a church member, you should make an effort to be friendly. Make an effort to be friendly. We kind of already talked about this, but let me just hit it again. Proverbs 18, 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You don't have to turn here, but in Malachi 3.16, last book of the Old Testament, Malachi 3.16, the first part of the verse that says this, then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. I love that. They spake, they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. You know, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And, and, and if you want friends, you have to be a friend. I always think it's funny when people are like, nobody called me. This and this has happened. Nobody's called me. And I think to myself, like, is there some sort of weird technology that you have that no one else has? Where you have, like, this phone device that only receives calls but cannot make calls? Because whenever people say, nobody called me, I think to myself, well, can you dial and call someone? Nobody said hello to me. Can you say hello to someone? I came to church, nobody said hello. I stood there, nobody said hello. Well, maybe part of it is because you stood there like this. But maybe, maybe you can get up and say hi. Amen. And all I'm saying is this, it goes both ways. Nobody called you. Okay, did you call anybody? Nobody said hi to you, but did you say hi to anybody? Nobody was nice to you, but have you been nice to anybody? Nobody's had you over, but have you had anybody over? I'm just saying that a man, I'm not even saying it, the Bible says that a man that hath friends would show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. See, here's what we want. We want the friend that sticketh closer than the brother. We want the friend that's connected. We all want that, that connection with someone that we're saying, like, this is my friend. This friend sticketh closer than a brother. But you can't get there without first being friendly. Do you understand? That's why the verse is worded that way. Look at it. Proverbs 18, 24. Step one, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Step two, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You cannot get the friend that sticketh closer than a brother while being unfriendly. Let me just help you out with something. Some of you need to learn this. Be agreeable. You understand that you don't have to give your opinion about everything? You understand that you don't have to argue about everything? You understand that you don't have to correct everyone about everything? Nobody likes that guy. Nobody likes that gal. Nobody likes the person just like, oh, I got to tell you, you were wrong about X, Y, and Z, and that's not right, and I read this. Look, just be agreeable. Just be nice. Just get along with people. Somebody said something, and it wasn't right. You don't have to tell them you're not right about that. Just be nice. A man that has friends will show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And that's what you want. The deep strong relationship, but you cannot get there till you start being friendly. Start being agreeable. 
Start being kind and generous, and you say hello, and you reach out. And let me, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get myself into trouble, but whatever. <laughs> I'm already in trouble. If you're lonely, you need to lower your standards for who you will spend time with. Because, you know, here's what's funny. And here's what I has, I've seen this over 12 years of ministry. And I'm, honestly, I'm not thinking about any one particular person, but I've just seen this in general. Where people come to this church, and because the way that life has played itself out, they find themselves lonely. And then I will say to them, like, hey, so-and-so's lonely too. Why don't you go spend time with them? I don't like them. Well, so-and-so's lonely too. Maybe you, I, I don't get along with that person either. And, it, and, it's like, and it's like, well, maybe this is why you're lonely. And, and, and here's all I'm saying. And, and here's what happens. And look, I'm not trying to pick on you, but I am trying to tell you something. People come to church like this, and there's 200 people that they can be friends with, and there's all these other people that are widows or are widowers or don't have kids or are empty nesters or are lonely, and they, and, and they could be friends with. They don't want to be friends with any of those people, but they want to be best friends with my wife. And, and I want to say to them, like, she's a pastor's wife that puts on half of those events that I read off to you. She puts those on. She has six kids. She homeschools, but, but you, you, wanna, you want her to be like, you spend hours and hours and hours. Like, that's not going to work. That cannot work. It's unsustainable. And look, please don't misunderstand me. We love all of you, but we cannot be everybody's best friend. We just cannot. It cannot happen. But there are other people in this church that could use a friend. You say, but they're not agreeable. You're not agreeable. How about you both start being agreeable and just start getting along? Amen. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Look, and look, I'm not, I'm, and I'm really, I'm not trying to pick on, I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm, I'm trying to help you. We find ourselves in seasons of life, and I'll be very honest with you. The season of life that my wife and I find ourselves in right now feels like we're doing everything in our power to keep our head above water. And I'm not saying that as a complaint. I'm happy with my life, and I'm content with my life, but it's just where we find ourselves, we've got 200 problems called Verity Baptist Church. You say, well, why don't you have the time to talk to me on the phone for an hour? Uh, maybe because we spend every day talking on the phone with people who have problems. Right. And again, I'm not, compla- I'm not complaining. I hope you understand my heart. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that you need to just decide you got to lower your standards a little bit. I'm already in trouble, so let me just go ahead and say it. If you're single and you're lonely, maybe you need to lower your dating standards a little bit. Maybe your sentence is just a little too high. I'm just going to go ahead and I'm offending everyone. You know, I just, here's all I'm saying. Make an effort to be friendly. Make an effort to get along with people. Make an effort to be agreeable. If people do things that bother you, be nice and, and, and tell them, like, hey, I don't, I don't really like that, or I don't appreciate that, or let's not talk about that. But what I'm saying is this. You, you, cannot, you cannot expect... For one guy and, and his wife, and, and I feel bad because usually it's put on my wife because nobody likes me, <laughs> which is fine. I'm okay. I'm okay, okay? I don't need therapy. I tell people, like, I got more friends than I need. Look, I don't, and here's, here's the honest truth. I love you, but I don't, I don't need to be your friend. I need to be your pastor. Amen. I don't need to be your friend. If you're mad at me, but, but, but I told you the truth, that's okay. I can live with that. 
Now, I want to be your friend. I just don't want to talk to you every day. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm saying is this. You need to find other people that are in your season of life. Because the truth is, if you're you're like, oh, I'm trying to be friends with this lady. She's got seven kids. It's like, she doesn't have time. Sorry. It's just the way it is. It's just the way of life. It's just reality. So man that had friends, the show himself friendly. And I want you, and we all want you, to have the friend that's sticketh closer than a brother. Go to Hebrews. Go back to Hebrews where we started, and we're going to finish up. Okay, we'll be done right now. How to reach your full potential as a church member? Show up to all the church services. Show up ready to receive the preaching. Show up to the special events and activities. Show up to the weekly soul winning times. Find an area to serve in. Get financially invested. Make an effort to be friendly. Let me just say this, because I preach this and then people take this the wrong way. Look, if you need our help, we're here for you. I'm not talking to you if you're like, right now my life is falling apart, my marriage is falling apart. You call us. We will make time for you. That, that I'm not talking to you. I am talking to some of you who just need to say, look, I need to just make the effort to get, maybe I don't have any friends. Okay, well, nobody's talking to you. I'm sorry about that. Honestly, I feel like Verity Baptist Church is the friendliest church in the world. And I feel like we do a lot to try to create a culture of friendship and fellowship. But if that's the case, you can be friendly. You need to find people. And then, and then maybe you need to lower your standards a little bit. And, and maybe they need to lower their standards a little bit. And maybe two lonely people can just not be lonely together. Hebrews chapter 10. You will get out of church... You will get out of this church. You'll get out of any church. If you don't do some of these things, and to be a thriving member of any church, you should do all of these things. So here's a question I have for you. Remember the tale of two families? Which one are you? The tale of two couples? Which one are you? The tale of two singles? Which one are you? Are you the one that's getting invested, getting connected, being friendly, showing up, coming early, staying a little late? Smiling, finding areas to serve in, joining the choir even though you're tone deaf? (laughs) (laughs) Or are you just slowly getting disconnected and drifting away and then complaining and saying, nobody reached out to me? The worst part about not getting invested and connected in church, you know what the worst part is? It's not that you're missing out on us. Although that's bad. I don't want that. You know what the worst part is? Is that we're missing out on you. Look at it again. Hebrews 10.24. And let us consider, notice these words, one another. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting, look at the word, one another. One of these days I'm going to preach an entire series on all the one another's in the Bible. All the one another's, where we're told to one another, one another. And the truth is this, that if you do not put these things into practice, it'll be terrible for you because you will miss out on the opportunities of Verity Baptist Church 
to develop friendships and to be discipled and to, to become a soul winner and to, to give your life to do something that matters for eternity's sake, you will miss out on that. And that's terrible. But you know what's also terrible is that we, those of us that are not missing out on the benefits of church membership, those of us that are being faithful and are connected and are soul winning and are developing friendships, we will miss out on you. And you're unique. We cannot replace you. If you fade out and don't serve with us, then we will never have an opportunity to serve with you, the individual that God created you. So why don't we just one another, one another. Consider one another and exhort one another and love one another and pray for one another and fellowship with one another. Romans 14, 7, you have to turn there. I'll just read this for you. It says, For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. The Christian life is not meant to be lived alone. It's meant to be lived within community. So if I were you, I would do everything in my power to reach my full potential as a church member. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the Bible. Lord, thank you for these points. And Lord, I, I do pray that they were received in, in the spirit which they were given, which is a spirit of love. I can honestly say I love every member here at Verity Baptist Church, and, I, and, and, and we only want to see the best for them. We want them to reach their full potential. But they've got to do their part. It can't just all be one-sided. They've got to decide to show up and to get involved and to be friendly and to get connected and to serve and to become a soul winner. And, and they, they've got to do their part. And Lord, I pray you'd help each and every one of us to do that. We love you. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen. We're going to have Brother RJ come up and lead us in a...